Welcome to the Other World's GG Community Cast. This is episode number 72. I am Table for Two, and I'm joined today by Mellified Alien Pickle. What's up, guys? Hey, it's Mellified. I am doing great. Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy, but, you know, the weather's starting to cool off here in Texas, which is a nice change of pace. Actually enjoying going outside again. Yeah, it's about 50 degrees today here in Ohio, so that's nice. I, I actually wore shorts outside today. <laughs> How you doing, Alien Pickle? Uh, everything's going according to plan. The plan is not to do anything at all. Sweet. Good plan. I like that plan. plan. I like that plan indeed. Yeah, you guys been playing anything interesting? Um, I have been playing uh, my usual round of, like, daily games. A little bit of Gwent, a little bit of... Uh, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms, a little bit of Elder Scrolls, trying to finish Triangle Strategy. That's been my mm. gaming menu lately. Nice. Sound like a man about to die of boredom because the video games industry has just dried up. <laughs> you you overinvested in Overwatch 2. All your hopes <laughs> were there. Can't find anybody that wants to play tank. I heard that's why oh. the queues were terrible, by the way. It's like, because there's a couple classes nobody wants to play and they're mandatory. So it's kind of like MMO matchmaking. Yikes. It's like, well, if we can't get a tank and a priest, then we can't go in the dungeon. Yeah, the good old everybody LFG wants to... not working. Yeah, everybody wants to be DPS. Nobody wants to heal or tank. Yeah, that can be that can be an issue. <laughs> I've been playing um, a decent uh, bit of Guild Wars 2, uh, finally getting my main character close to level 80 for the first time. And I've got a bunch of like level boosts for some of my other characters to get them to 80 because I've got all the all of the expansions now. And there's a small group of people I've been playing with, so it's been it's been fun to kind of like dive back into that and have some fun with it. Um, but yeah, I, there hasn't been a lot that's really been grabbing my attention lately that, that's been of huge interest other than, um, you know, still playing through KOTOR 2, still playing through Ori and the Blind Forest on my Steam Deck, stuff like that. But let's talk about some stuff. Um, uh, I'm going to open this one up to talk about something I just found out the other day. I had, I had no idea that this was a thing until I saw an advertisement for it on like some YouTubers channel for a new browser, or at least new, new to my knowledge browser. It's actually a sub browser from opera called opera GX. And it's funny that like opera is kind of like made a, a comeback you know, because it seemed like for so long people were like, who uses Opera anymore? Um, I remember the joke for a while was the only users of Opera were web developers testing whether their site worked in Opera or not. Right. Right. Oddly, well, I've been using Opera GX for like a year and a half. You have. I have. So, so I I stumbled across this and I found it interesting. And there's there's a few, there's a few tweaks about it that I, I'm I, I I'm not sure I like, but and I think this is gonna warrant like a further discussion at the end of the show uh, because there's just some things here that strike up other conversations that I want to have about this and the gaming market in general. Not bad things, good things, interesting things because I think this is this is moving. Um, like the PC gaming in a very good direction. And we can talk about that more later. 
Um, all right, Mellified, what do you got for us? Well, uh, let's see. A couple of things related to microtransactions. So the first story is uh, Overwatch 2 has a little uh, plant character. Uh, it's, not, it's not one of the main characters, but it's like a little charm thing. And the actual stuffed animal version, the plushy version of this little character, costs less than the in-game digital charm, which just seems so, so, so backwards. <laughs> um, yeah. Sounds like an IQ test. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I just, I can't understand how Blizzard is so lacking in self-awareness when it comes to this stuff. Uh, in contrast, Moonbreaker, which is a new game by the folks who did Subnautica, it's a uh, turn-based strategy tactics game. They announced that they are dropping all of their booster box microtransactions crap out of the game and doing a um, you know, straight-up normal business model for the game. So, you know, there's there's a company that at least, you know, went the wrong way and course corrected and came back and said, you know what, this was a bad idea. Um, that's uh, Unknown Worlds is the name of the, the developer. Mm. So I, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that, you know, we'll see more game companies getting away from this gotcha uh, monetization in favor of a I will give you money you give me a complete game sort of business model I don't even know what to call that yeah that's definitely interesting I, I you know I'd like to see more companies do this course correction stuff you know I, I've been reading some articles more and more recently about web 3 and crypto and all this other stuff and it kind of like makes me nervous because like I, I'm not sure like how that's going to keep in line with like you know traditional gaming in a way that's actually fun but but it's good to see it's good to see these developers making course corrections on these you know crazy microtransaction things for sure jim i think you've got a, a fix for pc stuttering huh yes yes i do so it's basically if if you have your computer sing the applications it bypasses the stuttering I saw that in the King's speech. It was a cool movie. <laughs> so just play music while you're gaming, and you'll be fine. Um, no, so somebody on Reddit I was reading, they uh, had micro pauses, as I have often had in some games, and it's just been inexplicable, right? It's like my rig's pretty boss. There's no reason that I should have like these little micro stutters going on. You know what? What is it? So he found in his case. Um, he started systematically troubleshooting and killing off everything that wasn't directly involved with the game. And somebody had suggested to him, like, you know, look, look at your sound devices, kill all your Bluetooth stuff, kill any kind of USB sound stuff, um, like microphones that are like enabled, but not in use. Uh, if you have an Oculus headset, kill that, right? And he started disabling sound devices one after another and finally disabled the Magic One, which apparently had a poison driver or something. And uh, But the, then some other people jumped in the thread and they were just like, yeah, well, Windows tries to address like all the sound devices, whether they're active or not. 
So if you have like a big pile of sound devices, then you're gonna in, you're gonna induce like that much like CPU lag. So it's kind of like, huh? Okay, so only enable what you're using. So when you that say is enable, is this going into device manager, right click, disable, or is this uninstall the driver? Uh, try try the easier version first, but don't be shy about just yanking the damn thing out. Got it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's like interesting. it's part of it's part of uh, like general PC troubleshooting, right? Is if you're having weird stuff, start yanking USB. That's step one. Is just get USB things unhooked. Get rid of your hubs. Put the mouse and the keyboard direct into the PC. Have nothing but the mouse and keyboard, and see if the problem reproduces. Because USB can do some funky stuff. Yeah, like all of my monitors technically have like audio capability, so I should probably like they show up as playback devices in my system. So I should probably just disable those. Yeah, I kind of hate that. I have problems with the Microsoft Teams wanting to switch over and use my Oculus headset and microphone as primary audio devices, despite me telling it no. Every time I quit it and relaunch it, it's just like, oh yeah, that Oculus, right? Yeah, I've I've experienced that before in the past too. Rather unfortunate. Yeah. Well, uh moving right along, uh Halo Infinite is finally getting features that it should have launched with. Um so coming next month, they're finally adding in the campaign co-op mode and an open beta for their forge mode. Um it's kind of really su surprising to me cuz it's what the game's been out for uh 1 2 years now, it feels like. Feels like it's been out for a little while, and uh, here we are. How many? How many seasons? A couple, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, so so they're finally getting the the campaign co-op, which is great because I I really enjoyed the campaign, and they talked about how uh, I was watching a developer thing on this, and I I thought this was actually really interesting because the game has two kind of modes. It has its traditional linear level modes, which are like all the interior missions. And then it's got the big open world stuff. And they talked about how in order to do this in a co-op experience, that made sense. If you go too far away from um, um, the main person, you get teleported back. Like this is this is like a, a thing that's been in Halo co-op for a long time. Like it may, if like one player has gone too far ahead, um, then the other player just gets teleported to them. Right. Like if you're into like the next section um, you know, triggering the next like uh, event, whatever in the campaign, then you know uh, the other player in co-op gets teleported to you. This is this has been in the co-op stuff for a very long time. Well, they're gonna do that same kind of thing on all the interior stuff, but they were like, well, how do we do that in the big open world stuff? So what they did was is they took like the largest um, zone area of like a, like the base, like there's a base that's like the largest base on the map. They, and they took that zone that that is, and then they doubled it. And that's how much, well, they, they doubled the virtual space and that's how much space that you have to be able to get a, a, away from the other co-op person before it teleports you back to them. So a pretty big tether. Yeah, so so they they've done a, a so that, so that gives you a, a huge playroom. In other words, to have people be able to do a bunch of air stuff, ground stuff, 
all kinds of combinations. That way they don't limit your your ability to play and have fun and co-op, which I thought was pretty cool how they like talked about that. So that kind of was pretty neat. So I'm looking forward to checking that out when it drops uh, in November. So. And then Forge will be sometime after that, but uh, it's going into beta. But they're doing an open beta thing, and they're giving way more tools to people too, which I thought was really interesting that will allow players to essentially take items and like make them big or small um so that way they're not just playing with a certain set of tools they can actually um kind of morph and, and mold an entire map for people to play on which is also going to be interesting too because you can have like giant grunts um that you can play against uh stuff like that so it could be very interesting to see what uh what the community comes up with with the new forge uh, what do you got here, Mellified, on your on your list here? Um, so one of my one of the things that really impressed me this um last couple of years with Microsoft is they built and shipped the adaptive controller. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, it's a rectangular controller. Uh, but it has actual 3.5 millimeter jacks on the back of it where you could hook up different inputs to accommodate people who have various disabilities or um, challenges using a traditional controller. So if you have, you know, even things like repetitive stress injury, you could hook up a different method of triggering the different buttons, including the D-pads, including triggers, all of it. And Microsoft built this thing, uh, put it out there for a hundred bucks, which is pretty affordable, especially if you've ever looked into uh, some of the accommodation devices. Uh, they they can be thousands of dollars, and so and then um, they partnered with Logitech after they released it because people were complaining they couldn't figure out how, what to plug into this thing, and they partnered with Logitech and came out with a hundred dollar add-on kit that included a bunch of different. Uh, buttons, triggers, switches, and things that could be used with the adaptive controller in various ways. And so I, I just was so impressed with Microsoft. They did even did some advertising around this. Uh, different, like a little kid playing and all of them come over and, and, you know, are cheering them on kind of thing. Um, but we found out in a recent article and uh, in, in an interview that Microsoft almost cut it. And basically, the folks on the Xbox team, you know, said, "No, we're not going to make any money on this. This is this is not a good business decision, but it's the right thing to do, and we should do it anyway." And I love, I love that. I just think it's so awesome. Microsoft's been preaching this message of inclusivity and gaming's for everyone, and let's bring everybody together and play games, whether it's on PC or console. And you know, that's easy to say. That's a great marketing message, but to actually put money into the game and build something like the adaptive controller just says that, you know, they're serious and they're willing to uh, do something that won't make the money just because it, it makes people's lives better. And I have a, an enormous amount of respect for that. So. Yeah. I've um, always really appreciated Microsoft's like uh, initiative to, to do this. It's one of the things why as, as a gaming, you know, comp or as like a company in general, but they're focused on their, um, gaming platform has really impressed me over the last few years. 
Yeah, and and interestingly, this uh, Hori, uh, the Japanese peripheral maker, uh, did build a similar controller for the Switch. But last time I checked, it was like $250 without any peripherals. So it was definitely a much more expensive uh, solution, unfortunately. Hmm. Sorry for that cough there, folks. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad Microsoft uh, did fund this finally and uh, that it's available for people. Um, all right, Jim, uh, what do you got with the SteamOS? Well, it's time to get rid of Windows and just install <laughs> SteamOS on your desktop. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, this is this is interesting. Uh, this would actually probably go good with my discussion I want to have about the Opera GX stuff. Um, but what about Steam OS in a browser, or Steam OS in a virtual machine? I could see. Uh, perhaps like that would be a Wendell thing. Steam OS oh, in I'm a sure virtual machine in Linux. So so Craft Computing actually did a video about. Um, because there is a slightly modified version of the Steam OS right now um, that's on, like, the Steam Decks, right, that he installed on actual hardware. Because uh, there's a few minor tweaks that you have to make to it just to get it to install properly. But yeah. uh, he he did a full... Craft Computing did a full thing about it, and uh, it's quite, it was quite interesting. I mean, I find it interesting. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen some, like, Chinese knockoff handhelds that... It's like the not a Steam Deck, but then mm -hmm. you can stick SteamOS on it, and it probably can't run much. But mm. you know, what do you want from like a Pow Kitty or whatever thing that they are? <laughs> but I, I just I have not understood the uh, let's compete against the Steam Deck with a super inferior product kind of market that developed well, around that because it's just like hey here's a here's a thing that'll run like super nintendo games but well here's 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 my thought on that real quick is that like the handheld market on like pc stuff has been around for a while like the um gdp win or whatever it is or gpd or whatever the the name is of that thing um that I mean, that thing had like a full mini keyboard and controller kind of like built into it. There's been a few versions and iterations of it, but I always felt that that was such a weird like design choice to have this full little mini keyboard plus this awkward controller layout. Right, and, and this... fifteen hundred bucks. Like I, I'm buying a seven inch laptop that costs as much as a seventeen inch laptop. Right. Yeah. It's it. it yeah. That's true. And it's a very weird like thing to do because and that's the argument that i always made with people that were like oh i can finally like play this stuff on the go and i'm like yeah but like how on the go are you actually playing this stuff like i have you know i have a really beefy laptop with a graphics card in it i'd rather just take that with me and like have a controller in my bag and then like like yeah, set, exactly. up at a coffee, set up at a coffee yeah. shop somewhere and like you know play you know play halo or whatever um, and that's been the steam deck hard sell for me right it's just like well i could sit in the living room and play video games not on the xbox on the tv i guess so yeah i could like pull my laptop out and grab a gamepad you mean well no no the the handheld thing yeah sure sure but here's the here's the thing get my bifocals out so i can see it <laughs> 
Here's here's the thing about the Steam Deck though that I think is why I'm confused as to what would really be a competition thing for it is because the Steam Deck you can hook up to a dock essentially at your TV with a controller and basically have all of your PC stuff and and more all the all the emulation stuff all all of like everything that they were trying to hard sell with like these G- GPD things in the past or these other knockoff handheld things that are supposed to be like windows in the palm of your hand, like all of that stuff. And, you know, they talk about how these are, these little mobile devices are great emulation boxes. Well, so is the steam deck, but steam deck is like been built around official hardware, tons of testing. Plus you can dock it. Plus I saw a new dock recently that this blew me away. There's a, I forget the name of the company, but this dock actually has a slot in it for an M.2 hard drive space so you can put like another like two terabyte m.2 in there and then you can wow. dock your steam deck to that and essentially have two terabytes of storage when you've docked it for like all of these other games that you want to play when it's docked and so you know and it kind of removes the point of it being a mobile thing right because like you want to have those two terabytes in a mobile form factor like that that's but like maybe maybe there's certain games that you want on it like on the go but then when you bring it home and dock it, it's got like all of these other games that you can play when you have it docked that you don't necessarily want to play on the go. So um, there's that. That's just a, just an interesting thing that I saw. So, But I'm actually all for the SteamOS, and I'll talk more about it why later. Um, so moving right along, here's an interesting thing that Discord's been dealing with, uh, not dealing with, but playing with, this, I- this idea of activities. I noticed this the other weekend. I just I randomly saw this icon when I was in a voice chat with some friends. There's an icon at the bottom that says start an activity. And I was like, what the hell is this? And when you click on it, it gives you a list of things that you can do, such as do a watch together on YouTube. Uh, they have a bunch of little mini games like uh, putt putt golf, poker, uh, sketch hedge, chess in the park, uh, you know, blazing eights, uh, little league, uh, letter league, checkers, and spell cast. Whatever those are, the only ones that I really took interest to was the YouTube stuff and the poker night thing. And uh, we tried those out in a community, and it's just like what you would think. Like remember those apps back in the day where you would try to do like you know YouTube watch together stuff or. Um, like here, I want to yeah, show you. Yeah, it was always this. a pain in the ass when you needed like rabbit or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, this this kind of solves for that, and uh, they're going to be taking it away, but bringing it back in a different like manner. So, they in this article that I listed here, just activities on Discord. Basically, what it was is if you like were boosted, you know, you had it. Or if you had Nitro, but they're going back to only like letting people who have Nitro subscriptions be able to launch the activities. So, so like once a Nitro user has launched the activity, any user, regardless of Nitro status, can join them to play. Um, so that's interesting. So, but this is going to happen on uh, November the 1st is when that change is going to happen. So like right after this uh, episode comes out. Um, they're going to be doing that. So you guys can look up, look up more on that. I found it interesting cause it kind of gives you more to do in discord with like your friends, you know, just kind of like these little party games that discord's putting into, uh, into its service. So 
I particularly, like I said, I particularly liked the YouTube and poker feature. There you go. This YouTube and poker, is that like Netflix and chill? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. We'll see if that one makes it past the edit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's pretty good. I'm going to leave that one in. Um, all right. So a couple interesting things going on with the Witcher franchise. Um, CD Projekt Red confirmed that the next-gen uh, release of Witcher 3, which will take advantage of the PS5 and Xbox Series X features, better graphics, higher frame rates, that sort of thing, is coming out very soon. Uh, that was confirmed as of October 28th. So, uh, you know, that's encouraging. They were supposed to release it last year, and it got delayed with all the cyberpunk craziness. They also confirmed that uh, they will be including some free DLC, which is inspired by Netflix adaptation of the series. So you'll get, uh, you know, Netflix Witcher Geralt skin, I assume, among other things. And we don't know the exact date, but they're saying something like, uh, you know, sometime in 2022. So there's only a few months left for them to deliver that. Um, we're also getting a Witcher prequel, Witcher Blood Origin, um, which is on, on Netflix, I should be clear, and that's coming out in December. And CD Projekt Red has announced that they are doing a game set much earlier in the Witcher uh, timeline. And then we also heard that CD Projekt Red is remastering the original Witcher in Unreal 5. And that will be coming out probably sometime in 2024, although they didn't actually announce a date uh, for it. I'm just speculating there. So, you know, I, I'm I'm certainly a big fan of, you know, The Witcher 3. It's widely considered one of the greatest games, you know, ever made. Um, and But I have never gone back and played the DLC, and I, I really need to do that. I was sort of waiting for this remake because I assumed that the PC version would be getting some better textures and things like that, plus the new DLC. So I figured that was a good time to uh, go replay Witcher 3. But, um, you know, uh, there, there's going to be a lot of Witcher content over the next couple of years, I guess, is the, the short uh, short version here. Neat. I'm I'm in for it. I, I do like some Witcher, but I don't know. It's one of those series like Fallout or like the Elder Scrolls that I've yet to actually. Um, so I you know I really enjoy you know I really enjoy the Witcher series, but I've yet to actually be. <laughs> Every time you say, I've yet to actually, then the next word gets cut off. I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah. I have yet to actually beat one of the Witcher games. Sorry. I think the uh, the sound um, threshold in Discord is not up to par. Yeah, perhaps not. So I'm, I think I need to make an adjustment... Let's let's uh try that. How do I sound now? Yeah, you sound the same. You're not cutting off. Okay. 
episode. Yeah, it was set to like a manual threshold instead of like an automatic threshold. Oh. Oh. I I I just use push for awesome. Push for awesome. <laughs> nice. Well, we'll try and 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 thankfully on the recording though the the thresholds are different because it's a different thing. But yeah, sorry sorry for my Discord bros who have been getting me cut off. Um, well, tell me a little bit about what's going on with uh, the Callisto project. Okay, so the people that made the original Dead Space, and uh, then EA basically just destroyed Dead Space with the third game. Um, so they have gone off and made their own studio, and they were making a, another Dead Space game just under a different name, Callisto mm. Protocol, right? But if you watch the trailer, it's like, wow, that's another Dead Space game. It's just, uh, you know, the guy's not wearing the armor, but it's it's Dead Space. Mm. Like, you can't mistake what it is. And uh, I find that interesting because then there's another studio that's officially making a new Dead Space reboot. So it'll be like Dead Space again. You know, not not a remaster or whatever, but like a reimagining of Dead Space. So double Dead Space is uh, coming to you at some time soon. Um, but what was, what was interesting, though, is uh, with this story, Japan said, oh, yeah, that's a little too much gore, and you're going to have to tone that down, or we're not going to let you publish it in Japan. And they were like, okay. And they're not toning it down. So uh, everybody in Japan that pre-ordered the game, like all three of them probably, uh, have gotten refunds. Hmm. That's interesting. And yeah. you you said here originally that was going to be tied to PUBG somehow. That's what the article said. It was like initially it was pitched like it was a continuation of the PUBG world somehow. I hmm. I never noticed that PUBG was in space, so that didn't make sense. But sure. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So other other things. Speaking of PUBG, just while I'm thinking about it, because I stumbled sure. on this yesterday, um, are you familiar with the Souls-like multiplayer game called Let It Die? It came out like oh four or five years ago. It was originally like a PlayStation joint, and then they brought it to PC. It's I'm very I'm, very I'm not Japanese. Familiar. Are you Melified? I'm not familiar. No, no, no. Uh, oh well, we we should probably check into it. So they have just come out with uh let it die the uh the moba so it's a it's a PUBG like deathmatch you know whatever you hmm. call these games it's an elimination tournament basically but it's uh made by those guys set in that universe um but it's it's like does not get in your face with the DLC and the matches get over with like even if even if you're like the chicken dinner ultimate winner guy of the match, you're probably ten to fifteen minutes from start to end, even hmm. if you make it all the way through. So it resolves quickly. That that's a thing that's always been a bummer for me about like PUBG stuff is like if if you get into like the last twenty, you're you're in there, man. You've been like forty five minutes just trying to get this match over with, and then you get just cheap killed, and then oh well. So, yeah, this thing gets in, gets out, and uh, looks pretty good doing it, and it's a whole different game. And it's um, it, it takes place in, 
small arenas, not mm. like giant arenas, and then it throws NPCs in to screw with you and stuff. That's the thing about like these um, uh, arena, not arena, but these battle royale games that really kind of bug me sometimes is like, you know, I like you said, you'll spend all this time and maybe like you won't even like, and maybe you're like deliberately looking and you won't run into like a single other player and you get down to like the top 20 and then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, like some dude just like stabs you and like runs off and you're just like, wait, the what? <laughs> you know? It just kind of it kind of just can suck the joy like right out of your day because you know you're you're trying to actually have fun and play this thing and look for you know engagement and then all of a sudden you know some dude like cheap kills you and runs off like you said so yeah so the the new version is Deathverse Let It Die mm. yeah which I'm gonna install right now because I was watching videos on it last night I had no idea this even existed. And then I was looking at it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's that thing, but turned into an actual uh, PUBG kind of battle royale thing." It's it's absolutely not Fortnite. It's as far from Fortnite as you can possibly get. So mm -hmm. that wins in my book. Well, I kind of wanted to touch base. I, I want to kind of go back and roundtable this a little bit about this Opera GX stuff, Steam OS. Um. And some of these things kind of like moving in like to the future of 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 gaming a little bit. Uh, the thing that's interesting about the Opera GX stuff that I find fascinating is how geared towards getting you to games that it is. Um, there's a couple things about it that I don't like, which I don't like the new tab feature only allows you to use the Google search. Like I wish I could change my default search engine there. Although I can change the address bar search engine to be whatever I want. But for some reason, like in the middle of the screen, um, like, you know, it's got it's got all these like little boxes. Like it's got like a link to Twitch and Discord, YouTube, Amazon, eBay, G2A, Raid Shadow Legends, of course. Has to that has to be there. <laughs> um but like the search engine for like searching the web is strictly just a Google search bar right here, and I don't like that. Um, but if you just, if you do just the generic GX corner tab that they have, the thing that I find really cool about what they're doing here is they, they, Opera GX has its own selection of games because it's got like its own gaming thing that it's pushing, right? But they also do like this whole free games section that covers all the platforms except for Nintendo because Nintendo doesn't have free games apparently. Um, but like... You know, if if you're looking for free games on Windows to play, it like gives you a whole bunch to choose from. Like one of them, he, and it talks too about it. Like it's a free weekend, or it's free with Game Pass, or it's free just in general. So there's like a bunch of stuff for Steam on here. There's a bunch of stuff from uh, Epic on here. Um, there's stuff from um, for Xbox. So they they show some of the Game Pass stuff on here. And then if you want to do PlayStation, there's also some PlayStation stuff where it's like um, The Sims 4 uh, just recently came out. It's free to play. Well, there's links all over the place here with, with that. Um, but if you have PS Plus, it shows you the free games with PS Plus. Um, if you have Xbox, it shows you, like I said, all of the Xbox stuff or games with gold. So if you have um, you know, the Xbox Ultimate stuff with the gold and whatnot, you know, all those things. I that's so cool to me and then like you keep scrolling down and it's just like a ge generic free-to-play section where it's just like um 
games that are just generally free to play on like Steam or Windows. So like uh, World of Tanks, for example, um, Wizards 101. If you anybody out there still plays that, my wife still plays. Um, uh, what's another? The Genshin Impact stuff like that. Um, you know. Then there's also a deals aggregator section that if you keep scrolling down, it shows you like all these different storefronts and a few of these I have never heard of before. Like, for example, I've never heard of what is this? In uh, Eneba, Eneba, it's E-N-E-B-A. Never heard of this store, uh, but they have a bunch of like stuff on, on sale there, like where you can get um, Spider-Man remastered for 44% off right now. Risk Rain 2 is, you know, almost 80% off on their store. Um, you know, it's a, I think it's like a key site, kind of similar to like G2A. So just be careful with the key sites. I'm all, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I was um, wondering how they actually monetize this thing because, yeah. Yeah, there's just a bunch of interesting features. But then like on the left-hand side, though, you can have integrations for like uh, your social medias. There's even like a Discord uh, like integration feature that it has. There's a Twitch integration feature um, that I find interesting. So like you can open it up and like on the fly see like who's streaming right now that you're following. Um, what I like is just the release calendar, right? Like day by day, it shows me what games are coming out on what day. Yeah, and that's and at the I very click, top. If I yeah. Click, like, yeah, if I click pre-order, it actually takes me to Steam, not some BS site. And you can totally customize this this page too, because you know I talked about the free games and free to play stuff. You can turn all those sections on or off. Like there's a whole like settings thing, or you can even like there's like a game trailer section that you can have. So it's yeah. highly customizable, have, centered around the gamer. And have you looked all, at the have you looked at the uh, GX control stuff? Yeah, that was actually about what I was gonna say next. So there's the GX control stuff, so you control like the CPU and RAM and how much this browser uses. Uh, which I which I find fascinating that it gives yeah, you that there's option. Even, well, there's even like network limits and stuff, right? Oh, and yeah. and it'll and it'll like pause tabs that get too hot, so you can keep the browser functional. But if a particular tab goes crazy, it'll kill it before it lets it impact your game and stuff. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, there's also the player, which I thought was interesting. So you can also inter incorporate like your audio stuff. So like if you have a Spotify account, you can just have that playing in the browser. There was also some stuff I didn't like, but they give you the option of turning it off. So like you can actually have browser background music, <laughs> which which I kind of thought was funny. Um, do 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 do. Right, yeah, something well, like that. And exactly. it'll <laughs> it'll do like keyboard noises too. Right, if you don't have a clicky keyboard, but you want it to click in the browser you can turn on like clicky keys for yeah. some reason i guess yeah i mean i turned that stuff off because i don't need any of that nonsense but i thought i thought it was interesting that it was there right and of course it like any other yeah. browser has like an extensions section and all this other stuff so what yeah, fascinates also me uses chrome extensions yeah as well it'll, so it'll use either the opera or chrome what fascinates me about this though is how centric to the gamer that this is because it doesn't just do stuff for windows pc stuff like it'll show xbox playstation even switch on the release calendar it'll even show switch stuff linux vr mac which is kind of goofy but you know it's got all of it in here so it's not like biased to one thing or the other per se it tries to incorporate as much about gaming in general into 
this experience. And what I what I find interesting about this is like it it it's it's like you open up Steam and you're only seeing stuff for Steam. You open up Epic, you're only seeing stuff for Epic. You open up you know, any number of these things and it's only that storefront that you're seeing. This kind of gives an all-in-one aggregated place for gamers to kind of just like see what's all coming up, what's all about to come out, what's free to play, if I want to find a quick free to play game with my friends. Um it really it, I think is kind of almost no pun no pun intended, but game changing uh in a very unique way. And I was going to say if you were to pair this with say like a Steam OS so like, you know, your operating system is more in line with, you know, getting the massive as much of the performance out of your computer towards gaming as possible. Maybe if SteamOS was to refine some things and make it a little bit more user friendly, right? A little bit more um, user like e- easier for the user rather than like, you know, the Linux fan. <laughs> I, I think I think, you know, you pair these two kinds of things together with that. And you could have a very interesting, you know, PC gaming experience um, where your entire system, your entire rig is specifically built for gaming, pure and simple. Now, people like Alien Pickle and myself, I, I can't totally speak for Mellified because, you know, I think Mellified kind of keeps his work and play separate. But, you know, when you when you look at like someone like myself and Jim, we're power users and to the extent of we do way more than just game on our gaming. Right. Like, you know, we're watching movies, we're watching videos, we're doing work, you know, we're, you know, all all these other kinds of crazy things. Um, and so I still like my Windows experience because I have a lot of other things that I'm I'm interested in outside of the gaming world that I kind of need. But you know who's to say though in the future that you're not going to find some of those same experiences in the you know, like Steam SteamOS slash Linux and like world if you if you will, and so I I don't know that's kind of like my 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 expanded conversation piece about all this because you know the other day Jim you posted in our Discord about like you can download GOG through Epic now which is a, a very weird thing to see. Um, and I don't think that's the first time we've seen that happen. I feel like there are other gaming apps through Epic that you can download. Maybe I missed it, but, um... It's just weird. Like, why would I install somebody else's store through their store? It It's a weird flex, man. I I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know either. Do I, do um, I have to have Epic running to launch GOG? You, with... you can have like the human centipede of game launchers, right? It's like you have to start Epic to launch GOG, which will then load Steam. At least the way that it works with Ubisoft titles. If you purchase an Ubisoft title from uh, Epic, it basically does a, a keyless redemption into Ubi, and you never have to touch the Epic launcher again. You can do it all through Uplay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so I wonder also... if you're going to be able to buy... I wonder if like Epic is going to get a percentage of GOG sales that happen through their platform. Cause I've never seen like a GOG game on I don't, Epic. I don't, think, I don't think it works that way. I think it's purely just like an app store and yeah. you're just, you're just downloading apps through Epic. So like, for example, on, I, I just opened up Epic live while we're doing this. Well, I mean, pre-recorded Yeah. in the process about- of our conversation, 
There are, there's GOG, there's the Razer Cortex stuff, there's uh, the Opera GX, actually, uh, itch.io, Discord, uh, Brave Browser, Spotify, uh, this Nova Desktop? I don't yeah. know what this is, but... Uh, all, all this seems like a just waste of space on there, like, wow. It's discovery, I guess, but for who? Well, I think I think this is the point I was trying to make, though. With 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 like Steam, Steam is only so focused on itself, right? Anything that it has to offer, and you can get apps through Steam as well. If in case you forgot, um, so although I don't think you can get other launchers through through Steam. Not so. today, no. But I think part of the reason for that is if you did that, Steam would charge 30% um, of anything you do. Yeah, so there's a software tab in Steam, which is kind of the same thing, but you can get stuff like you need a budget or um, what's the like what's the thing that I have here? The Display Fusion Pro, um, you know, the 3D Mark stuff, Wallpaper Engine, you know, a bunch of these things you can get through uh, through Steam, um, which are in and of themselves are typically normally like get elsewhere if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, some, some well, and like Wallpaper Engine is an interesting example because I believe you can download it separately, but when you get it through Steam, it integrates with the Workshop in order to get more desktop uh, content. So you can go on the workshop and search to find like you know Warhammer uh, desktop themes and stuff. There's also like Start Eleven, you know, which is a Stardock mm -hmm. thing. Um, yeah, Stardock has I think all their apps in there now. Fences and Start Eleven and a couple yeah, others. Yeah, here, here's Fences Four. Yeah. So that's just an interesting discussion about like you know where where do you put your your gaming time, which is why I said, like, I, I feel like what would be like almost like a perfect marrying of things for gamers to have just a purely PC gaming just experience. Like, let's say you have a, a gaming PC that's all you want it to do is just your gaming PC. Like, have Steam OS on it, and then like the GX browser, and I feel like that would be like such a such a great pairing of, uh, you know, just you you just want a game, you know, so. Anyway, those are just kind of like that's kind of like my expanded roundtable thoughts. You guys got any thoughts on anything else you want to talk about? So I saw for a brief moment the Denuvo got released or removed from the new Gotham Knights game, and uh, then put right back on. But the window was open big enough that like all the Denuvo crackers, like that game is just everywhere now. So why bother putting it back? I don't know. Yeah, they kind of messed up on that, it seems like. Yeah, it was kind of oopsie. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, what was it that happened to uh, Final Fantasy um, 15, I think? Yeah, it was 15. Yeah, yeah it's like whole... the demo executable would launch the full game, so yeah, Oops. yeah. And all you needed was that thing, and you just put it on your normal one, and you've got it unlocked or whatever. Yeah, that was kind of a big oopsie.
Well, I think that'll about do it then for today. If you guys got nothing else, um, you guys can uh, certainly head on over to our Discord at discord.otherworlds.gg and uh, chat with us there where you find all these things and more. And we'll see you guys next week. This has been episode number 72. Yeehaw.